0: The 100% Wild Podcast is brought to you by Onyx Hunt, the nation's number one GPS hunting app. Download today in the Google Play and App Store.
1: Hey guys, welcome back to the Drew Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast, proudly brought to you by the Onyx
0: Hunt app. Very proud. That's a new development, man. Yeah, yeah. We're really really
1: excited to have those guys on. We we really got to know them uh, July or August last year. Yeah, it's just been kind of an ongoing relationship and we're proud to have them on board.
0: Yeah, they've been very helpful with the you know, the inception of Deercast. You know, we we had been working on but we had some questions and just mark you know, how to market and, and strategies and technology and they've been very helpful to us and we've really struck up a friendship over the last, you know, year almost. And so it's been it's been good, man. They've been really, uh, really helpful and we're excited to go on down the road with them as a full partner here.
1: And I'm hoping to not lose so many trail cameras because of their app. So you're setting the waypoints? (laughs) Uh Uh-huh, because I'm down two from last season because I did not (laughs) set the waypoints on the map, and I'm like a squirrel trying to find an acorn that he buried and can't remember where it was I can relate to that. (laughs) It's like, I wonder how many trail cams are out there just sitting forgotten in the world.
0: Yeah, you hope you you stumble back across it one day and you're like, oh, man, I had (laughs) this giant two years ago. Yeah,
1: and then it's like a time capsule opening (laughs) up and see what was on it. Yeah, that's right. So can we clear something up? Kind of out of the gate here, it's kind of about my reputation around the studio.
0: Well, uh, well, I, I think I know where you're going with this, and I don't think you're going to be able to clear it up, but go ahead.
1: <laughs> so, So I have just in the past day earned the reputation as, well, let me start off. There are two things I really enjoy in life. One is pickles. Okay. The other is <laughs> stealing. <laughs> well and so I feel like because of those two things, I like my reputation is besmirched now because people think I'm a thief.
0: You're a pickle thief, let's be honest. Pretty and much. There's no way around it. I found <laughs> out about this today. You know, Joe, our 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 longtime employee here, had a brand new jar of pickles in the fridge in the break room. Brand new. And somebody went in and literally ate almost all of them in like a day. Mm-hmm. And Joe did a little homework and he found out that it was Tim. And there's nothing worse than a thief, <laughs> especially
1: a pickle thief, because so they're like good. like they give them away at the store. Tim made up for there's it. No, he he no got some pickles.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, Joe, don't go so easy on him.
1: I did. I did replenish the pickles. I th- so we were saying goodbye to our buddy Trevor last week, who left us for other pastures, and uh, we had a party, and I thought they were leftover condiments. Whatever. It's like eating someone's ketchup packets. Not really, not at all. Actually, <laughs> you can say whatever you want. You're a thief. I'm a pickle thief. <laughs> so, so to kind of set up, to frame up this show, um, I got. A, so I, I, I get to read through all the posts on DeerCast. And we get a lot of stuff that we just don't have the capacity to
0: publish because we're yeah. publishing just a few a, things a day. A, a lot of fan shares that no, don't exactly. get shared because we just can't keep User up. User content. We're hopefully going to change that here in this next generation of the app. Like, Are you teasing I a am new teasing feature? I am teasing. Like, realistically, there's our news feed. And you know, you've seen if you get the latest version of the app that it's kind of been divided out, but there's, there's a fan share feed and here in gen two, we're going to be taking that to another level and, and not to say every single piece of content, but majority of the Mm -hmm. content, we're still vetting it and still making sure that it kind of follows our rules and guidelines and and is PC to an extent, but, um, Almost all of it's going to go into that fan share, which is pretty cool. I mean, it's it's literally a social media site for hunters.
1: It's something a lot of people have asked for, yeah, and, and a lot of people want their fan shares shared. And uh, and as it is right now, we just we can't get to it. But uh, DeerCast Gen Two, it's coming. Yeah. So we got a uh, a message from Josh Harris, who is out of Mississippi, and he asked a pretty legit question. He's like, I don't see a whole lot of people of color on Deercast. Josh is black and he was he posted a great turkey picture, which actually the day before well when I saw that image, when I saw his turkey picture, I said, We need to post this on social. We need to run with this. And and I wanted to get back to Josh because I feel like in our our society is so polarized right now, we don't have enough conversations. And it's hard to you know, shoot emails back and forth. So I just sent Josh a message, said, "Hey, hey we would love to talk with you about about your concern." So we had a great conversation later that day, and uh, he agreed to come on the podcast and talk a little bit more about minorities in the outdoors. And so, Josh Harris from Mississippi, welcome to the One Hundred Percent Wild
0: Podcast. Brought to you by Onyx. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How's right. it going, Josh?
2: All right, all right. How you? How how you guys doing
0: today? We're good, man. We appreciate you jumping on board. You know, before we before we start the podcast, I briefly mentioned uh, to you there. You know, as we were chit chatting in the introduction, that you know, from time to time over the past fifteen years, I have gotten a few emails about this very topic, and you know, it's always. You know, I always reply to them. There's not much to say because they're dead on. I mean, really, it's there's not many people of color. And back in the day, I know Moss Yoke was partnered up with a couple guys that I. Don't remember the. Name. I know one of the names was Bub, and mm-hmm. I forget what his brother's name was. And we were only reason I remember him is because we were always in camp with him down there, in Mississippi, when okay. we were doing Dream Season and like, the Catch Dream Hunts and stuff. And and nice as could be. And then here lately, of the last couple years, I know for instance, like um, it's Halo Outdoors. I think it's Henry and Lakeisha Woodard. I think, and then Josh Carney, the son of the South. Like, but other than that, and they're they're doing a lot of. Uh, uh, digital content, you sure. know, it's social media. And, you know, other than that, you really don't see many people of color. It's not just many black people, but Latin or otherwise, you just really don't see that in our industry. And it's, you know, you're dead on. It's a real deficit as far as representing, you know, the, your lifestyle really. Right.
2: Yeah. yeah only one that currently, um, that I can think of is, would be, uh, Trent Cole. Oh, uh,
0: uh, linebacker
2: yeah. with the yep. Philadelphia Eagles. Um and I have watched this show uh you know a little bit here and there but um now you know the way society is moving toward you know uh streaming and social media mm-hmm. and YouTube and things that uh YouTube is actually I mean if I have a few minutes at work or you know I'm lunch or whatever you know I'll check out a quick video here or there but you know the the days of you know going home and sitting on the couch and you know actually being able to spend 30 min to a 30 minutes to 2 hours watching television a commitment. those days just don't work for me
0: don't work you for know. many people hardly right and I should have I should have forgot about Trent cuz hell we 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 know Trent really well we're friends with him I that was oversight on my part but yeah he's probably the most well known as far as a TV show goes mm-hmm. uh, all the rest I was thinking were all digital sure. really so yeah. you're you're dead on yeah
1: so the yeah. the purpose in having Josh on was to get another perspective on what what is it going to take to increase minority representation in in the outdoor industry and in and in hunting in general. And I've I, I wrote a piece. I actually sent it along to uh, to Josh. i wrote it a few years back. We republished it on Deercast called "On Race and Future Proofing Our Hunting Heritage." And the premise is like if we are serious about our our hunting heritage and securing it for the future, we have to have a big tent approach. So I sent that along to Josh. He got a chance to, to read it. But, um, but I really think that's kind of where we're at. Like we need to be able to have these, these conversations and we need to be focused on bringing as many people in, making them feel as welcome as possible. So Josh, just kind of first blush, what are your thoughts on how we, how we uh, approach that?
2: Um, My, my thoughts are, um, it's a pretty simple idea. It's nothing new, but I mean, it's you know, the the working guy, which I am. You know, uh, I you know don't have a, a thousand, twelve, fifteen hundred acre lease, mm-hmm. but you know I have quite a few small leases. Me and a couple other guys, uh, you know, I, we actually do try to take you know a friend here, a friend there, you know, with us. uh, to hunt because they wanna scratch that itch too, you know, they wanna get out and have a you know, a few hours on stand a season. Sure. And uh, you know, you just you take those guys when you can because, you know, most guys, uh, like myself, you know, you try to professionally hunt your, you know, your own property, uh, or your own lease mm-hmm. leases. Um, you know, so I take guys when I can, you know, dealing with you know, we're talking about wind direction, or you know, where deer are actually bedding or feeding, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm trying to actually pattern deer. Uh, as long as the next guy with with 30 or 300 acre lease, yep. uh, you know.
0: I, so you're bringing you know, these and, guys. you bring these guys in, and you're trying to teach them. So it's not just they're coming in to hunt. You're actually trying to teach them the skill set that you've learned, and and. Uh, understand what hunting's all about, not just pulling the trigger or shoot you know, the release. It's it's the ins and outs of it, right?
2: Exactly, exactly. I mean, all those things, you know, you taking them from step one step, you know, to wherever. Um, uh, but um I actually, Tim Chelswick. Right. Right now <laughs> I'm actually um you know, I was reading in, in the article uh Tim had uh where I forgot the guy's name in the article. I think it was Eric but, Eric, uh, he was talking about the steps in a hunt, you know, going from actually first going out and harvesting a deer to, um, you know, getting numbers, then, you know, trophy hunting, you know, now you're, you know, you're graduating into actually sharing that.
1: Give back. Now,
2: yeah. That's where I am now. And I've been fortunate enough to take uh, a, a good bit of, you know, of of mature deer, uh four or five year old deer, um, but being actually, you know, Try, You know, not being selfish, but you don't, you know, me, small piece of property, Mm -hmm. you know, I want to actually take the guy out so he can see deer, but, you know, not where, you know, in the small least where it may potentially hurt. You know, it's hard. having the opportunity to kill them,
1: but tri- you yeah, tri- it, it, it's hard because it's it's a real sacrifice <laughs> yeah, on on your own part to take someone else out yeah. because you're you know you're burning up that part of your property. You're probably spending some time with them and missing out on an opportunity. So it, it's definitely uh, uh, a thing to be commended to be taking other other guys out. Now I'm curious these these buddies of yours. I'm assuming they're black. Are what are their perceptions about? Going out to the woods, firearms—those kind of things that maybe other folks don't think about.
2: Well, um, a couple of them. Um, now, growing up in Scoop, we actually hunted—you know—together on small tracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, did a little bit of public land hunting uh, where we could, and a little bit of uh, private property that uh, that I was privy to hunt. You know, actually, we all we got together during the Thanksgiving break or the Christmas break new year's break, you know, through hunt through deer season. Yeah. And we all uh, went out on it and enjoy hunting uh, on it. But as you know, time go on, you know, sh- get jobs, people move sure. uh, responsibility change, family grows, you know, um, some of the guys have, uh, you know, kind of moved away from hunting. Maybe they, you know, live more in an urban area, or, or maybe even in them suburbs, but you know, in in a new environment, you know, mm-hmm. that you know they don't really know a lot of people, and probably not as good as at networking, you know, um,
1: to find the land th- access.
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. You know, and so when they do come back in town, because uh, a couple of them they do live out of town. You know, I do have one one uh, friend uh, friend of mine when he can get out. You know, I'll take him once or twice, but the guys that you know live out of town, you know, it's it's time, it's scheduling. I mean, you know, because if I have something to do uh, outside of you know hunting or maybe with family or son or you know whatever, uh, if I got the time available, his time is available, then you know we'll we'll link up there once or twice a season.
0: So what, in your opinion, what are some of the stigmas, uh, you know, you know, I wanted to backtrack a little bit, you know, okay, so there, there's a, there's a deficit here, but why is that? So what are some of the stigmas in, you know, the, the African American community of, regarding hunting? Why are your numbers lower than, you know, your average, your average hunter you think of as a caucasian right so why is that and is that the case is there is there just many black hunters and we just don't know about it which you know i don't really run into that honestly like i i can't think of more than a handful of times that i've seen a person of color hunting but we're right here dead in the midwest so that's part of it too you go south i'm sure it's different you go down to texas Mm -hmm. i'm sure you see a lot of latin you know hunters and so you know what's the stigma behind hunting in general in your opinion
2: oh but it's not really a stigma I, I can tell you one thing I did learn this now in my family um, you know I have one uncle that hunts I mean you, you're talking about out of um, on my mother's side she had uh eight siblings uh, my dad's yeah. side he had three he, he has three uh, so um, you know I have one uncle you know out of I mean fifty grandchildren. You know, on one side and the other side, 20. Um, my my uncle, he actually married uh, into our, our family. He, he's, he's my mom's twin sister's uh, husband. And uh, he actually started me into hunting. But, you know, I would think about, you know, the guys that I went to school with or the other kids in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. just talking about growing up, um, you know, maybe five, six out of, you know, couple hundred a couple hundred children actually hunted uh but it's not really a, a, a I man minorities don't look at hunting in a bad light or anything the the issue that I see with minorities hunting is actually in the past no one ever done it. no one has done it I mean my grandfather uh,
0: nobody teaches it basically. One more time. Nobody's See. teaching them, basically, right? Yes,
2: yes. Nobody's nobody's teaching them. I mean, uh, you know, the, most older African-Americans, you know, it was most so just work, you know, mm-hmm. five, six days a week. You get home, uh, you know, afternoons, work around the house, uh, take care of families, uh, do what chores need to be done around the house. I mean, you know, uh, weekends, go to church, whatever. Uh, so those opportunities just never was there uh, to teach, well, to just hand down, yeah. you know, in my family. And it was just actually me seeing pictures of my uncle, actually part you know, with a with the deer that he harvested, or a turkey that he harvested, or dove that he harvested, yeah. uh, actually piqued that interest in
0: me. Hmm. That's cool. We're,
1: and the the scary thing is, we're just one gen- we're always one generation away from losing our hunting tradition if you have a generation of people that don't teach the next generation it's just it's just gone and so like we've got to get back to that and it takes people being sacrificial to give their time to take other guys out or take kids out and those kind of things it seems like that's kind of what's happened in the african american community cuz i know a long time ago a lot of folks especially in the south hunted for sustenance like that's just that's what they had to do there was but now And 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 I in my in my previous life I worked with a lot of minorities in the urban center of St. Louis, and they had kind of a a couple a couple uh, generations removed understanding of hunting, but they just had no personal experience with it.
0: Well, no land to go to unless they were going to go to public, which there's probably no person to actually take them to go hunt in the public land. You know, it's it's like if you if that's not in your life ever. You really have to have some hell of an interest to go yeah. just do it on your own. And, and that's really the problem. And that doesn't matter what race it is. I mean, cause we're seeing that now with, you know, with, with just general the board. Yeah. It's across the board hunting in general, you know, they don't have the interest. They're not just going to go do it. And more and more parents, they hadn't hunted or maybe they hunted once or twice when they were a kid with their dad mm-hmm. and they just don't know what they're doing or don't care. You know, it's just sports or yeah. uh, youth sports or whatever other technology, whatever billion other reasons why they don't try it and it's just getting worse and worse and that's across the board not just in you know with people of color so um josh go ahead i'm sorry
2: well i do i can say this one thing uh you know i I hunt in a uh it's a rural part of, of uh yazoo county um you know rural mississippi but now the hunting culture you know whatever you you're hunting for whether it's Deer, duck, turkey, rabbit, squirrel. Now, in rural areas, you know where the guys actually live there. Now, it's alive and well. I mean, it's doing good. Uh, you know, people still a- actually uh, are taking children, you know, hunting. But the, like I said, the struggle are getting um, getting people that live in the suburbs yep. or urban areas, you know, out um, and giving get getting them away. Uh, Get them detached from the, the iPads and the social medias and the just television and yeah, that's other
0: Yeah, a universal problem, literally, for anything. Oh, yeah, <laughs> right. Well,
1: and, and imagine living in an urban center. Like maybe you live in, you know, maybe you've got a small yard or no yard at all, and you've got to figure out how to field dress and then process a deer. Like that's a mm, yeah. that's a problem. Yeah, where gonna, do you do it at? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's gonna cause some phone calls probably if you're you know if you're in an apartment someplace. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you do that, but yeah. but so so also I wonder about expense. You know, it's it you can spend a lot of money, you can save yeah. a lot of money into equipment. Like, how do you how do you navigate that, Josh? And and especially your buddies that you're kind of taking out. How do you help them gear up so they can be independent and be hunting on their own?
2: Um, you know, I, most of them, I mean, well, like I said, mainly just, I'm talking about probably two guys, mm-hmm. um, you know, they still have a rifle that they've been had for a long time, you know, maybe they upgraded here or there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, I do tell them, you know, just try to have some universal clothing. Like, you know, of course you can layer up, you don't have to go out and buy a super, you know, insulated pair of coveralls or overalls and, a uh, bibs and a jacket. Uh, but just the universal, you know, shirt pants, you know, with a light fleece jacket, and we can you know, put on some, uh, layering underneath and, you know, a hat gloves and, uh, use a lot of scent spray. Let's
1: focus on the <laughs> basics. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. That's probably the, for a person that never hunts, I'm sure the whole scent free side of it's so <laughs> kind confusing. of a mind blowing. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you, you shower with this stuff, <laughs> you spray yeah. what on you? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that, that's one challenge, uh, you know, taking them to a, a good area where, you know, they will have the opportunity to harvest, a deal, you know, trying to get them uh, to know, look, well, you know, last time or yesterday I hunted over here and I saw 20. I want to go back over here and being able to explain to them, look, all right, you know, today's wind direction and, you know, whatever uh pattern the feed pattern of the deer on mm-hmm. is not going to be conducive for a good hunt like it was that previous day yeah and being able to explain it to them and show them you know showing them and actually you know a little bit letting them learn uh, you know the hard way a little bit sure. But like i say it goes back into what we talked about earlier about sacrificing and uh you know
0: so you mentioned you watch um you know if you got a spare moment you'll go to youtube to kind of get you know get your entertainment or information is there someone you're following on youtube that you know that that's a person of color that's a uh, hunting on youtube that you follow their videos and their page and you know that we can maybe share with our users
2: yeah uh one guy he's out of uh out of uh, atlanta georgia uh, I, I forget his, his his real name. He actually put it out on one video, but he 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 uh back tournament fishes as well as uh, deer hunts, mainly deer hunts. And his YouTube channel is uh the Bass Hunter, and uh, he seems like a pretty good guy. I subscribe to his channel, and uh and I, and I watch you know pretty much all his videos that he put out about food plotting, um uh, you know just stands that he actually put up or or a tournament that he has fish. I do enjoy his
0: content. Mm-hmm. We'll link over to it. We'll check it yeah. out then. That's that's cool. That's you know. There's a I mentioned um, the son of the south. He's a great one to follow on like Instagram or Facebook. This guy's his story is amazing. I, frankly, I've been thinking about it. We should have him on the podcast. Maybe marry his sure. podcast yeah. with with Josh's here because he he was shot. While hunting by accident, oh, by his father, I think they were turkey hunting, and he's a he's in a wheelchair. Wow! And um, he's got the most amazing natural voice. So we met him at NWTF a few mm-hmm. years ago, and and uh, since then he's kind of started to make somewhat of a career out of it in the in the outdoor industry. And his story is simply amazing, and the drive and determination he has to go hunting even mm-hmm. after what happened to I him. I can't imagine. It, it, it's pretty cool, and and so he's a good one to follow. Of course, Trent Trent Green or uh trent cole rather and then um this halo outdoors that's another really solid one to follow on on social media that i've noticed
1: it's kind of the cool thing about digital media is that it's spread out it's there's more access and so you can get a a diverse
0: yeah because let's be honest i mean tv especially for hunting uh, other than pursuit you know is on that basic tier package for most people if you got dish or direct but you know outdoor channel and sportsman channel. It's, it's a, it's a pay tier and that's already, that's an instant barrier to entry for a lot of folks who just, you know, aren't willing to pay to, right. to have outdoor programming. Um, so to that digital age really helps us all out, I Absolutely. think. Yeah. So,
1: you know, I, I was a little, uh, I was a little concerned about posting when we did the, the on race and future, pu- future proofing hunting article and DeerCast. I just didn't know how people would respond to it. And on the whole, like it was 90, good. 98% of the comments were positive. I saw, there was, I saw
0: one guy was kind of a jack off about there, it. But. There, yeah, <laughs>
1: there was one guy and uh, and a bunch of other folks jumped on him uh, for saying what he did. But I'm curious, Josh, have you experienced any kind of bias or prejudice as, or as you've been hunting? Or let's call it like it is,
0: racism, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, while you're out hunting or going hunting or from other hunters in general?
2: No, I mean... I haven't, I mean, I haven't, I mean, it's just, but really it just goes to, uh, goes about, you know, how, or the type of people that you surround yourself with, uh, but, you know, as far as the guys that I've been around, I surround myself with, no, no, no i i have it. I can't speak of it but like i said another guy probably can.
0: You, you know there's probably you know plenty of those guys out there in small town midwest that are that have that in them but for the most part and maybe it's same same situation the people that i'm surrounded by would never ever think about that mm-hmm. you know would never would welcome a hunter of any color a hunter's a hunter yeah you sit down in a campfire at the end of a hunt and talk about your hunt. It's a pretty Skin universal it's a pretty universal conversation that's being yeah. had, you know. So you could bond yeah. over that anytime.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Uh like like I say, you know, as far as uh um, well now we you know, in, in the in the little small camp that I'm that I'm in right now, we don't have any any other races in it, not uh there, there are no races that's not, you know, prohibited, in sure. but, you know, but that's one thing that I haven't, uh, can't, I can't say that I have, uh, hunted with on my pieces of property that I lease or, or, or. I don't own any, but did I lease or have permission
0: to hunt? So you're saying Uh, that you, you, you hunt with other black guys, right? Is that what you're saying? Exactly. I mean, we, we hunt with other white guys, but that's who you're surrounded by, right? That's Mm -hmm. that. I think it's just product of the environment. It's
1: not, it's not like you're actively selecting people out of your company. No. Yeah.
0: But as
2: far as the, the, what I was getting at was the the neighboring properties that surround, uh, the surround of the leases and the properties, uh, in our camp, um, you know, as far as, uh, you know, we if somebody were to uh, you know harvest an animal, uh, and it did run across the fence or whatever, you know, land on us. You know, you give them a quick call, or mm-hmm. or they'll just tell you you know just take care of your business. You know, retrieve your animal. You know, no harm, no foul. You know, good. so that those are the experiences that that we have uh, down here.
1: Good, good. I, I really feel like the community of outdoorsmen in typical fashion are leading the way in a lot of, in a lot of places, you know, with the promotion of women in the outdoors, the promotion of minorities, because we realize this is a family and it's kind of a small family and there's a lot of threats on the outside. So we got to circle the wagons and protect our own and encourage our
0: own. Yeah. There's enough exterior issues. Like there's no room for infighting, which is a, it happens, you know, you know, you know, Some people don't like crossbow hunters. Some people don't like rifle hunters. it's There's always, yeah, it's pickle thief. Now that's universal. Everybody hates a pickle thief. Let's quit bringing it up, Tim. (laughs) (laughs) But my point is, you know, you're always going to have a little bit of infighting, but in general, we can't um, afford to have infighting about, who's hunting. Other than poachers, I think that's pretty universal. Nobody likes a poacher. That's worse than a pickle thief. (laughs) Yeah, I I totally agree with that. (laughs) But but other than a poacher, I mean, if you're using legal methods, by and large, most hunters are like, hey, go for it. Baiting, whatever it may be like, Hey, if it's legal, do it. I don't care. We just need people hunting. We need the license sales. It goes back into hunting. I mean, conservation, it's a cycle there that we need all of it. We need people buying bows. We need people buying the gear because all of that, I don't know most people uh, know much about it, but that the tax that goes into all Mm -hmm. that feeds back in to conservation. I mean, we're our best we are our best friend when it comes to preserving our heritage, right? So we need everyone we can get. That's right. And, and that the economy that goes with it, it, it continues to help us go down the go down the pipeline with yeah,
1: it. Yeah, dollars equal influence. Yeah, dollars and numbers. So That's, yeah. So. Yeah. So, Josh, you I harvested. Go yeah. ahead. I'm sorry.
2: Go right ahead. Um. And he was talking about, uh, Mark used, t- uh, not Mark.
0: Sorry. Hey, I wish I was Mark. Don't, <laughs> don't be sorry, man. I'd have a lot of big ass deer in the lawn. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, uh, what you were saying about, you know, we're our own, our own best friends, you know, uh, in, in, in the hunting, uh, period. But I, I do know one thing that, you know, it's kind of a strike against us other than, uh, say like tournament fishing. Cause i, I tournament fish bass fish uh here and there but i do know one thing that helps out bass fishing is you know now with these these bass fishing leagues with the uh, bass or the mm-hmm. flw uh college fishing you know yeah. and
1: high school team you wrap know,
2: brooks uh you know it's a, that rolling billboard effect uh mm-hmm. and that helps hunting but you know something along those lines could actually help hunting um you know, uh, yeah, in my point of view,
0: it's weird. It, there's a real stigma behind like a competition-based hunting as opposed to fishing. Like everybody gets on board with the fishing tournaments, and it's just kind of the way it is. And people love them. I mean, yeah. You look at you know when Bass Pro or Cabela's has you know one of those you know, a Kevin Van Dammen, you know, to sign autographs, there's lines out the door. I mean, you don't see that for really anybody other than maybe Waddell or, or Eva or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe Cameron Haynes. There's not a lot of that in our industry. It's it's a weird disconnect. And then and then when you talk about that style of, of you know, a fishing tournament, you – you know, we got a bunch of crap over dream season for a long time because it was considered a hunting competition. Right, and, right. you know, your, your die hard, die in the wool hunter just disagreed with that. It shouldn't be a competition. It's something special. And, and it really wasn't even a competition of biggest deer It was experiences. And I don't know why that's there, but that's definitely something that, I mean, I agree with you. Like, you know, there, there's, um, uh, was it, uh, hunt, uh, quest hunt? Quest Hunt Co. Yeah, Quest Hunt Co. And the the down in uh, Springfield, Missouri area, and they got a hunting competition, and and, and they started it last year, and it, it went over like gangbusters, and mm-hmm. like there were it was different states, yeah, a competition in each state that they sure. were like four or five states, it's like a big buck contest yeah. on a larger and, scale. And, geez, they were giving away like. Uh, uh side by sides, and you know, muddy blinds. It was like a huge. It was the, I forget how you know how many couple hundred thousand dollars mm-hmm. worth of prizes they gave away. It went over like gangbusters, and and we're gonna do something with those guys, and maybe down the road there's something in DeerCast sure. in regards to that. Because at the end of the day, like back long time ago, back when you still had to check your deer in physically check it in. Mm-hmm. The bragging board there yeah, at, totally. at, at the check-in station was it's the, the bomb. It was the place to be. Like your picture up on that wall. Hey, you made it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. What I the mean? Polaroids up there. Yeah, totally. So you know, it was okay then, but it's not really now for TV purposes. It's a weird. It's a weird disconnect.
1: People are becoming more and more. And this is like a topic for another time. But I think our culture is so disconnected from the process of death. Yeah, that they just that it's so taboo for most people. And that's some work that we have to do. But that,
2: that, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt.
1: No, go You're for it. Good.
2: But that uh, the death part is the actual you know, disconnect, I, I think, because, you know, fishing wise, which a lot of people do have a problem with actually putting a hole in a fish's mouth, uh, you know, and then releasing me, it, it'll be fine. But, you know, the death part in a deer, but, I, you know. Of course, you got to harvest the animal
0: too. Yep. You know, yeah. That's the that's the of... goal, right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly. But uh, you know, the critical mass. You you guys critical mass show. Uh, yeah. And the and the way you guys film it and produce it, I mean, I, I think that's actually you know real good as far as the challenging aspect of getting it all on camera, the scouting, yeah. food plots, you know, and everything. Because uh, me me myself, I I try. Every once in a while, I try, make an attempt, uh, poorly I might add, to video. That's uh, tough. Uh, <laughs> uh, until, you know, 130 or 40-inch deer out there, and oh, there you is. your is. mind. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. So well. Yeah, critical mass is an interesting kind of case study, too, because people, by and large, they had a problem with the game inside the game. They're like the hunting. I think archery they tag. they just wanted more hunting. Mm-hmm. They wanted to get rid of the archery tag part. They didn't. They didn't. You know, it was the most expensive thing we've ever produced, and it just didn't translate. And that game is super fun. Oh yeah. You know, our point was trying to introduce new people to the sport. Right. And and we're trying, like it was it was a reach, but. If we continue to do the same thing over and over, that's not working. Obviously it's not working. Our numbers are declining. Mm -hmm. So we tried to make it fun and different and cool for someone that might be on the fence or didn't care to hunt. Hey, they, they started watching for the other reasons and then Mm -hmm. they saw the hunting, but at also, at the end of the day, the, the network's demographic is what it is, and right. and it's not necessarily that they had a new customer for us to reach those eyeballs. So it was a you know it so was it, a, it was a risk. It was a risk, and it didn't. It just didn't translate the way I, you know any of us had hoped. But you know, if you don't take risks, what you know, what are we going to have? Thirty seasons of Dream Season? That's not really that's not really doing anybody injustice any either so yeah
1: yeah we have to ch- demographics are changing the communication methods are changing we have to be willing to change also so yeah. so it's just the way it is so speaking of change the the latest addition to the show the wildlife words you guys ready for this week's wildlife words
0: i hope you're ready for this josh because every week he says something crazy that i'd have no idea what it stands for and and no idea and i cheated this week i actually looked up the words there you go but I guarantee I won't remember what each one of, every time I look at them I'm like that means what so it's a test of Mad short-term memory it's really. bad damn college <laughs>
1: so this week's wildlife word is crop and this is not the agricultural version of a crop. Spelled the same way. Spelled the same way. Yep. And you guys, Josh just killed a great turkey down there in Mississippi. I know turkey season's about to open up here for us. But uh, but the crop is the thinly lined sack used for storage of food before digestion in birds. And as turkey hunters, we kill a bird. And a lot of times we want to know what their patterns are, what they're eating. So you slice that crop open and see what's in there. Hmm. Food sack. <laughs> Any pickles in there? <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? Is that like a joke or something? I don't know. <laughs> have you guys ever have no, you guys I've ever not. sliced open a crop on a turkey? Uh, yeah, on a turkey, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. What else did you think I was talking about?
0: Well, I don't know where you're <laughs> going, Dexter. A crop on a robin. <laughs> How about you, Josh? I actually
2: did it uh, uh, on, on that turkey that I harvested. Uh-huh. Uh, posted uh posted on Deer on DeerCast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I've been looking for whatever leaf or plant that was, that turkey was full of, his crop was full of, yep. and I hadn't found it. I don't know. What <laughs> it was. Uh,
1: mystery, mystery food.
2: Yeah. I've actually yeah, been looking for that. But, uh, but yeah, that, 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 that hunt, um, I forgot to go into that, but that hunt on that bird, I mean, I put a quick, you know, I typed up a quick story on it, but it was basically just that quick, um, uh, I actually fished a tournament the previous day and, uh, didn't, I didn't, you know, want to get up necessarily that early to go out at no, five you know, <laughs> the hunt that next Come on,
0: Josh.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: like, well, I just sleep in and, you know, eight o'clock, eight 30, you know, I go out and listen and see what I can do. And I end up, uh, getting pulled, arriving to camp about nine 30 and I took the time, uh, Had a a biscuit from the quick stop up the street, Mm -hmm. bottle of water, uh, put my vest on, got everything, put my snake boots on, ready to go. Parked maybe 200 yards um, from where I actually harvested the bird, started walking, blew a crow call a few minutes, never heard anything. Got right to where I actually sat and shot the bird, blew the crow call, didn't hear anything. But I know, over the years, you know, they strut in this area. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I'll just put my deco out. I'll put my uh, my turkey my turkey chair out, and I'll sit here and you know call a little while. So I was in the process of actually, I put my deco out about ten fifteen yards in front of me to my right, and I was like, well, I just pull out my friction call here, and I will cluck a little bit. And, few soft yips, see if I can make anything happen. And, you know, you always here and you always want to be ready. If he goes, mm-hmm. you need to be ready. And I was not ready. Yeah. And uh, I did set my, my, my seat up. Anyway, I made a club and I mean, he hammered right over a reach and uh, right in the bottom. I mean, he could not have been no more than 90 to 100 yards away. So I ran back the other 10, 15 yards and, uh, now, I just bought a new shotgun, and it's camouflaged. Set it on the ground. So I spent 20 <laughs> seconds looking for my gun. And <laughs> to, you know, this turkey's coming, you know, because he gobbled the second time. Leaves, yeah, you'll, you'll panic panic sets in. Yeah. <laughs> it gets strained. So yeah. <laughs> right. Look, and I'm like, my where's my gun? So I finally catch sight of it, it's sitting right behind the chair on the ground. Grabbed it. I mean, I sat down. Uh, maybe. 10, 15 seconds later, he come over the hill. Oh, he boy. saw that decoy, and he put on the show strutting. I never called to him because I didn't want to you know, Why get him to hang him? up. Yeah. He come right in uh, about 35 yards, uh, and, and I wanted to call, but I didn't. He, he strutted around. I could hear him spitting drum, and he worked his way about 25 yards. And I went on ahead, and, uh, and I harvested him there. There you go. And, Is uh, there anything funner first, than
0: shooting a turkey in the face? <laughs> Yeah that's awesome.
2: So the long beard XR's. They don't They're deadly, right. aren't they?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Now see that's what I'm talking about. I don't care who you are. You could sit around and tell hunting stories all day and and totally. everybody yep. can relate to that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a common thread.
1: That's the it, it it and it's such a leveler of playing fields. Yeah. Like we're all hunters. That's we cool. all
0: yeah. Can lose a gun for twenty seconds in the panic. Or trail of, uh, cameras yeah. or whatever. Yeah. We literally. all
1: have donated stuff to the woods before. Yeah.
0: I'm glad you found your gun though, man. <laughs> it would have been a very different story otherwise. <laughs> well cool.
1: Yeah. Josh, thank you so much for joining us, taking the time and just being willing to have the conversation. We really appreciate it. Oh yeah. Thank you guys. Yeah.
0: We appreciate you, buddy. Good luck. And uh we also appreciate you being in Deercast and hopefully we continue to have a good product there that that helps You and and anybody out there hunting, that's the point.
1: Yeah, and hopefully you are signed up for the farm giveaway because that's – Going like gangbusters right now. This month we're giving away a Groundbreaker three from RTP. It's like seventy five hundred dollar uh, giveaway, yeah. and it's like it does everything. It you does haul, haul it behind a, a, an ATV or a tractor, but it'll break the ground, put the seat in, and pack it back down. It's like a one stop shop for putting in a food and, plot,
0: and they, it can come with a wheel kit. The reason, the reason why they're giving away this one particularly, it can come with a wheel kit, so you could pull it with a side by side or you know something something like that. Yep. Uh, that so you don't necessarily have to have a tractor that's yeah. the the cool part there so pretty, pretty universal for just about anybody.
1: Yeah. So if you're not already registered, folks, make sure that you go on DeerCast or visit the website, get registered to like take less than a minute to do it, and you're automatically entered for all those giveaways. And, and I'll be honest,
0: like your odds are pretty good. I mean, it's not like a million people have signed up for this thing. Like you have really good odds. Once you sign up once, you're signed up to win every single monthly mm-hmm. giveaway and the farm. So and,
1: and and right now the guy that we pulled his name for March for the biologic, the full lineup of biologic stuff. Yeah. Has not responded yet. He's so he, like like by the time this podcast airs, he's either going to have to have reached out to us, or we're going to the next person. B- that we by pull. the sweepstakes rules, they have about 15, f- days. 15 days to respond.
0: Yeah. So uh, if he doesn't respond, we got to pick the next you know the next guy. Yeah. So folks, please
1: look at your email. <laughs> that's all we have. It's gonna have suck. To... Like if this guy does not do that, and he like day sixteen opens up his email and sees that he could have yeah. won, that's yeah not good.
0: Well. It happens. Yeah, check your emails. All right. Well, I appreciate the uh, the conversation, Josh. I think that does it for this episode of the On X Hunt 100% Wild uh, podcast by Drury Outdoors. And uh, I'm excited. Turkey season's here. A lot, of, it is. a lot of people are killing birds. Like, Josh, I haven't been out yet. You went out with your daughter. That's, we probably need to save that for another podcast. Let's but. do it. Yeah, tune
1: in next week to find out how the youth hunt went.
0: All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening and watching. Until next time, safe hunting. Identify those targets. Peace out. See ya.